Hi, it's Caroline here and welcome to The Check-In, the podcast where we talk all things British Airways. Um, it's hosted by colleagues across the airline and we're joined by guest speakers to give you the inside scoop on what's happening at the nation's flag carrier. Now today we have taken the podcast to Cardiff where we've got our lovely colleagues here who've taken us all around to show us how we service our aircraft. So to kick things off here at uh, British Airways Engineering in Wales. We're joined by Sarah Jane. Hello, Sarah Jane. Welcome to the check-in. Thank you. Dioch. Dioch to you. Yeah. There we are. Now, you are your head of interiors. I here. am. Um, so how important is this engineering base for British Airways? It's really important. This facility has been here for about 30 years. It was um, a purpose-built facility in um, 1993 in uh, June 1993, the Prince Charles opened it, and predominantly um, we did 747s here, but our amazing colleagues from Bamsey will talk to you all about that. More recently, um, the three facilities in South Wales, because there's three facilities, there's a British Airways Maintenance Cardiff, there's a British Airways Interiors Engineering, and a British Airways Avionic Engineering. We've all co-located into this wonderful facility just recently. Um, Interiors co-located in June 2021, and we were at our existing facility for nearly 26 years before that. And um, more recently, the avionics, business they joined us in July 2022 and they too were at their existing facility for nearly 30 years so it's hugely important we've all come together um, the aircraft come in and the, uh, the, the, the guys in Bamsey the engineers and the mechanics in Bamsey and the team the wonderful team that you'll get to speak to um, in a bit they um, maintain the aircraft when the aircraft come in the components come off um, to each of our facilities and interiors and avionics all comes back together again and we deliver a lovely aircraft back to the operation. And it's been a really recent uh, amalgamation, hasn't it, of the, of the three departments, if you like. So, uh, this, this month, is that correct? The latest one. So Avionics joined us this, uh, just last month, yeah. um, but before that, Interiors had a year. So we've had a year at this facility, um, just getting to know the place, getting to know the, um, the different businesses, but now the three businesses are together under one roof. And we've renamed it, so this facility was known as British Airways Maintenance Cardiff until last year and we ran a competition with all of our colleagues from across the three businesses to come up and rename the facility that we were all going to relocate into and the winning name was chosen by somebody that you'll speak to later on and that was British Airways Engineering Wales so that's the facility and three lovely businesses within it it and I was going to say it's lovely to have you all together do you know what I mean it works well rather than one here one there one there it works all well together and you're like a family now but do you think there'll be a lot of rivalry do you think you're going to have inter-department rugby tournaments of course we will because it's Wales, isn't it? So you've got to play rugby. Of course we will. Yeah, the majority of them do love rugby, but they do like football as well. There's all sorts of sports um, that these guys uh, support. So could you now come under one big engineering hangar? It's quite good now for when, when we're doing the tour, we found out when the seats come off the aircraft, seats go get a bit put on a lorry, the lorry goes off. You don't see those seats for 24 days, they come back. Now, it's all on the run roof. They just go yeah. straight down the corridor. It's streamlined. Streamlined. 100%. It's all changed. Um, we've all got... So when we were in our individual facilities, I guess we'd lost a little bit of our identity. We, we, we knew we contributed to British Airways, and now we get to see the aircraft when it comes in, we get to see um, the aircraft when it's stripped down, and more importantly, they get to, like the BAMC guys, get to see that aircraft depart as well, which is fantastic. Some of the guys in avionics and interiors never got to see that before. And you had enough space for, for the amalgamation, because obviously it was all BAMC, 
and now you've got the two departments. So how did you make space within the facility for that? Yeah, in fairness, Bumpsy have been absolutely amazing. We've taken like the big bedroom. Um, so they've made, <laughs> yeah, they've, they've made Who's got the box room? I know. <laughs> Um, so you know there was three hangers and a two nose in facility uh, and a, two, a nose in facility either side of the hangar um, and our facility in interiors we've taken the bay three um, the, in front of the aircraft so we've taken like a horseshoe section so that's been purpose-built avionics um, have got some purpose-built areas um, in the production control areas so everyone's had to readjust their living space if you like but um, it's, it's turning out really well and it's bring, definitely bringing a, a better camaraderie and a better way of working for sure. For the people who are listening who are not within British Airways, we keep we keep mentioning BAMC. Yeah. Can we just explain what BAMC yeah. is? Yeah, so there's three facilities. Um, the British Airways Maintenance Cardiff, they maintain the aircraft. And then you've got British Airways Interiors Engineering. We call that BAIE. Um, and they do all the interior components. And you'll get to meet the lovely team that'll talk you through um, all of that. And then we've got British Airways Avionic Engineering. And they do everything electronic um, and the wonderful team in the, uh, from that business will we'll talk to you um, in a bit about some of the components that they overhaul. So the aircraft comes in, it gets stripped off, the bits go to the workshops, come back together and the aeroplane flies off and you get to see it yeah. in its Fantastic. truest form to yeah. fly on to the to the future destination. what's great about this podcast, this particular podcast, is we brought our camera crew in today. So they'll be filming it. So you can actually watch this on YouTube. It's such so an amazing... It's, a, uh, it's, it's it beat my expectations. Yeah. And the only way I can announce what it's like being here, it's like going to Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Yeah. You just go in through these big gates and there's all these different little yeah. welds. Like you've got oh, the interiors over here, you've got the aliens over here. It's just so informative. And, and hopefully when people see us on YouTube, they yeah. can just see... So you get a wow factor. Because yeah. customers go and they go on holiday, they get on a plane, they get off the plane, they're on holiday. But here we saw the inside of an aircraft, we saw where you've, you maintain the seats, we saw the avionics with the black box and we saw, so it's great being filmed actually. So today. do you like, when you got on a British Airways aircraft, on going on holiday, do you sit there thinking, oh I did that, oh that's <laughs> not yeah, that's right, yeah. got the carpets up, oh no. All of the time, yeah, you, you're very critical because you just want to put, the, you just want to enhance the customer experience and anything, when I'm sat there as a passenger, um, normally in the, the attendance seat, yeah. <laughs> the jump seat on your standby. Yeah, exactly. You should be so um, lucky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, we're very critical because we want the best for our, our passengers and we strive, um, you, you'll speak to some amazing people today and they are truly passionate about making yeah. a difference. Yeah. The aircraft comes in and it's a little bit, you know, it needs maintenance. Um, it's like your car when it needs an MOT, um, it gets maintained and you get it back and it smells nice and it yeah. looks yeah. nice and yeah, yeah and, and we try and deliver that back to the operation yeah. where possible. From, from, from when we've been walking around today we can just see what a happy place it is to be working here. And such experience and knowledge and professionalism and they're just so clever, I was like in awe exactly. of just their knowledge. We love yeah. your wall thing where it says uh, pick up daisies, is it pick up the... Pick more daisies. Pick more daisies, just explain that for... Yeah, so um, the interiors, of, they've got a set of values that depicts our culture, if you like, and um, pick more daisies is a poignant poem where we try and encourage our colleagues to have a, good re a really good work-life balance. Um, and the, the, the poem tells a story of a lady that gets to her twilight years that regrets not doing things. And what we say to our colleagues is, yeah, work hard, but also play hard and have that balance. Yeah. Don't leave everything until you retire. Um, go through life enjoying your life. And when you come to work, you spend a lot of time with your work family. And we yeah. want to try and make that as pleasurable as we can. 
um, for that for that time. We probably spent more time with our work family than with our actual family. <laughs> yeah, so, that's right, I know. So you've got to make that a I pleasant a experience. That's a great exactly. Yeah. Well, that's a thank you for your time. Oh, thank you. Yeah, thank you Sarah. Chrysler, Chrysler, um, to this wonderful facility, and that oh, means yeah. um, welcome thank to this wonderful facility. You're going to speak to some amazing people. We could have brought hundreds and hundreds of them out, but we've given you a select few and you're not going to be disappointed. Well, let's get to, let's get to speak to them now. Thanks very much indeed. Thank, Thank, you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, we're joined now by uh, Henrik, who is one of the aircraft engineers here at uh, British Airways Engineering Wales. Henrik, introduce yourself and tell us what you do here. Uh, my name's Henrik. Um, I'm a licensed aircraft engineer here at British Airways Maintenance Cardiff and we're working on the Boeing 777s and 787s on heavy maintenance checks. Excellent. Now, I fly the 777 myself and I've flown the 787 and uh, in case you didn't know, I've flown the 747 as well. Do you remember the time when the 747s were in here and what's the, what's the difference now between the, 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 the aeroplanes? When I first started as a mechanic, the uh, 747s were here. Um, the engineering is quite different, yep. um, designed long before I was born. Um, <laughs> yeah, and me, well, I think so. <laughs> um, but uh, going from the uh, composite uh, frames now that you get in the 787s all the way back to the aluminium structure that you get in the 747s, the way we inspect the aircraft, maintain the aircraft, is completely changed over the last 20 years. I'm sure it uh, has, yeah. And, uh, the way we have to inspect them and maintain them is different as well. Yeah, you, you showed us around today and we had a superb tour of, of aircraft stripped out. What, what really impressed all of us, I think, was the, the amount of kit inside an aeroplane which goes unseen by passengers. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, really fascinating. Is that smoke and mirrors? It is absolutely right. Well, no, don't say smoke. No, 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 no. There's no smoke. That's what these guys do. <laughs> yes. Um, but so what's, a, what's a, a day in the life of Henrik? What do you, what do, you do? You come into work and what, what goes on? Once the aircraft uh, lands, pilots bring it in, yep. uh, land at a Cardiff airport. Uh, the aircraft is then uh, cleaned outside and we test the aircraft before it comes into the hangar to test some of the safety systems and some of the functional tests that are safer to do outside without any, uh, any of our co colleagues close to the aircraft. Um, if we find any defects on the aircraft then we raise defect cards um, for those problems to be solved. Uh, order the bits in um, and then once the aircraft is brought into the hangar that's where the real fun begins. So when you say the fun begins you do that D check, C check, A check, what's kind of all the difference in all these checks? So the A check is the smallest check that we, uh, we carry out here um, and it is about four days on a Boeing 777 all the way up to the D checks which is 35 to 40 days. That's um, a long time. And the level that we go to inspection wise um, it's much deeper on the D-checks where we're taking all of the access panels off, we're inspecting all behind and we're testing all the systems, whereas the A-check is really just the basics, just making sure that all the fluid levels are correct, any pressures, testing any equipment um, uh, within a four-day period. How often do they get done? So the A-checks uh, are more regular every few months, all the way up to D-checks every four to six years. Oh, wow. So, yeah, a long time. Now, you were showing us the, uh, we were all fascinated by the, the cargo bays and the fuel tanks today. Oh. You actually get inside some of the fuel tanks to check them. And you're talking about, uh, was it fuel tank rescue? I'm a fuel tank rescuer. Yeah, it's tell us about that. That sounds confined, fascinating. Uh, the fuel tanks on the aircraft are confined space and they also has, have hazardous fluids. Um, so when the aircraft comes in on the major modification lines, uh, as this aircraft is, uh, we are carrying out a fuel scavenge modification. Um, to draw the fuel out of the bottom of the fuel tanks, we are moving the pipes to allow the aircraft to drain more fluid out so there is um, nothing left in there once 
um, once it's used up in the centre tank. So with having colleagues in the tank, it's important that if somebody was overcome by fumes or they had a medical emergency, we've got qualified people on site to be able to go in there, rescue them and make sure they're okay. And then when we say tanks, it's not just the main tank, they can actually crawl through to the tanks in the wing where it gets narrower and yeah. narrower and narrower. The centre fuel tank on the Boeing 777 can hold about 80 tonnes of fuel um, and once you're inside I can stand up and walk around quite easily. Wow, staggering isn't it's it? It's fascinating isn't it? Yeah, like, it is. Yeah, this whole experience has blown us away. Just what is involved in the whole aircraft, like you said, the space. You don't think about it, you just think about the space that you're in when you're travelling. You just don't look around at what's... And it's just, it's like looking around, it's like one big giant puzzle. So stripping the aircraft, yeah. how long does it take just to strip every, just from getting it back to the bare bones? The uh, hangar is split into three sections. We've split it into hubs, hub one, hub two and hub three. Um, and within those we have teams of engineers, uh, technicians and mechanics who then split the work up and uh, we all do our own sections. I'm mainly on the uh, freight areas, the landing gear and the tail areas. Um, with my team, we take all of the uh, components off that need inspecting and put them back on again once I've inspected them. Fantastic. Now, we asked, um, we asked Sarah Jane earlier, you know, who's from Interiors, of course, whether she thought about things when she goes flying as a passenger. Do you sit there as, as, a, as a, an engineer, a lead technician, thinking, listening to every noise, thinking, oh, what's that, and trying to, and trying to place it into your work life? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I bet you do. Uh, yeah. Because we carry out functions on, on the ground, it sounds very different to when it's actually flying, but every single noise uh, you know and, and when everything's happening on the aircraft my wife is always asking <laughs> oh, what, what's that noise but it's easy uh, easy for us to understand what's happening and yeah. you know we I, you know, we can stay calm absolutely yeah. What, yeah. what would you say the best bit is about your job myself as an engineer it's interesting to know how the aircraft is built put together and how all the systems work together like you said from a from a cabin point of view you can't see all the different systems working together as an engineer once we've got all of the access panels off and we start testing it we can see how all the different systems across the whole aircraft all work together how long does it take the training for the job that you do um, myself i did a degree um, so gcse's a levels up to degree level and then i started off as a mechanic trained as a mechanic for six years while carrying out the training to do my aircraft license and once I'd passed all the modules and exams for my aircraft license, I then did a 10-week type rating course, which allows me then to certify 777s. So it's a long period from my first exam to my engineering license in my hand took 10 years and one day. That is wow. a long time. Yeah, it's a long time. It's that so, is amazing. So it's longer than my training, I think. <laughs> <laughs> and you're still training. All I do is break the airplanes yeah, and give them to you. Because obviously new aircrafts and different exactly. components you're just learning continually so at the moment i can only certify boeing 777s right. i would need to then attend another type rating course for the 787 which is another uh, eight to twelve weeks of training but that's good because it keeps you going i mean yeah, exactly. you know absolutely and you're yeah. and you focus as well on the landing gear don't you landing that's gear. like your your niche. zone yeah because yeah, when you're showing it just seeing those big it's like, I'm just fascinated. I don't know what it is. I always just like looking at the landing gear because yeah. it's just, you just don't know how I, much It was just amazing. I know when I work at the airport and I know when we coach customers out to the aircraft, so they're not literally going onto the jet bridge, onto the aircraft, they go obviously on the, on the, on the tarmac. And the scale of it, you can see customers' faces, just how, how amazing, just fascinating. 
So to see this and all its stripped parts and the landing gear and inside. Still fascinating. It's, how, I was yeah. going to say, do you still feel like a 200 ton aircraft being able to, yeah. to, to take off? Completely. No, definitely. Superb. Well, Henry, thank you very much thank indeed you. for being with us thank and talking you. to us. And thanks ever so much for the tour today. Yeah, it really was loved absolutely it. fascinating. Really good. You clearly know your stuff, so thanks. thanks thank a lot. you so much. Good. Well, we've just spoken to Henrik and we've now got to Aaron. Aaron, you're also an aircraft engineer, a lead technician. So yep. um, tell us about your role and your specialisations. Yeah, so um, I'm a newly uh, B1 engineer, um, so I focus on mechanical systems mainly. Um, so I've only just recently got my licence now, so I'm uh, uh, just did a type course on a Boeing 787, so I'll be able to start certifying work on the Boeing 787. Um, my speciality is mainly engines and wings, where I work on my day-to-day, -day, so that's Hub 2 uh, here in Bay 2. Um, so my role is essentially to come in, inspect the aircraft when it's on its uh, maintenance check, um, raise any defect cards or any issues we find. Um, and basically supervise the maintenance that's being carried out so that it can be carried out properly. Any component changes that need to be done are done, any um, issues that we find are corrected um, and then tested and then put everything back together. Is there a common occurrence of, of, of say a certain object on the aircraft that's always maybe needs attention or is it always just a whole variety? Um, we do get a variety but you do get a common you get common issues that you see and that's something that we sort of feed back to Bowen and things like that say, as well. Yeah, if you've got a regular error or fault yeah yeah and then we feed that back to the manufacturer yeah. and then that sometimes is something that we um will actually get issued into the check then where we'll regularly look for that particular yeah. particular problem but it's also important as well to try not to always focus on a specific defect and make sure you are looking at everything yeah. because it's important otherwise you get you know you get tunnel vision you can look mm -hmm. look for one thing but you want to see a bit of everything yeah. so make stripping sure. stripping the aircraft mm -hmm. have you found anything strange and peculiar when you took things away is anything like oh my god that should be there what's that baby rats bugs you get some bugs you do get some bugs really? yeah, from all parts of the world and you think that's definitely not yeah, from here oh <laughs> my god <laughs> yeah but you do find some you do find some interesting defects um you know and it's interesting that's part of what's interesting about the job really as well yeah. as you find different problems you know ev on different jets you know and then you know, you've got to use your brain to figure out those problems and solve them. Now, one of the things that uh, always amazes me is the 787, of course, which is a composite aeroplane. Mm. We'd, we'd hate to not call it plastic, of course, but that's <laughs> it. Uh, and it seems to suffer more lightning strikes than the metal aeroplanes. Yeah, yeah. Now, uh, why is that? And, and what do you have to do if you get an aircraft in here that's been struck by lightning? Yeah, so the suspicion about the composite aircraft is that um, is they have a, essentially a metal mesh through the structure of the aircraft that allows the lightning to pass through the aircraft and then obviously back into the atmosphere. Um, traditionally, with like the 777, for example, um, the structure is more metal, so it makes it easier for the lightning to pass through the structure and out without causing any damage. But obviously, where the composite um, structure is more of an insulator, it doesn't dissipate the energy as easily, so yeah. it causes more damage. Nothing serious, but it's just something that we monitor um, and we see it more frequently. And that's something, again, that we're passing back to Boeing. So even though it's got all the static wicks on the wings, like just as the as the metal aeroplanes, it still seems to suffer more from that. Yeah, interesting, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. yeah, it is interesting. Yeah, definitely. And then did, did you start as a, an apprentice? Am I right? Yeah, so I started as an apprentice. Um, I also did a degree in aircraft maintenance as well before I came here, and uh, which is very uh, you know theoretical based. And so um, I did that for three years. Um, I realised that I wanted to you know get more on the hand skill side of things. Yeah. You know, I seen the British Airways apprenticeship, and I thought. You know, I get to learn the hand skills yeah, from the best definitely. in the business, really. And um, so I took the apprenticeship, did three years of that. And um, 
it's been nine years now and I've just got my license, so yeah. So anyone thinking of at home, just obviously finishing mm. school, college, thinking, oh, should I go into BA apprenticeship? Mm. Which obviously shows that it's worth it, but any tips or? Yeah, I would, I would 100% recommend uh, going into the apprenticeship. It was a great experience. You learn so much every single day and I'm still learning now, yeah. uh, you know, nine years later. And um, any tips, I think, if you love aircraft, you, you should be on the apprenticeship and, and study hard with your, your maths, your English, your science in school, because yeah. that's what you need to get into engineering and you know, that's what you need to get to progress, yeah. Yeah. of course. Do you think you'll stay doing those components or do you think you'd like to do something different and learn something more? Yeah, I think it is a good thing because you do get comfortable. You get yeah, comfortable with what you do. You do. Yeah. And it's yeah. good to challenge yourself, get out and see other jobs. And yeah. That's part of the thing that sort of motivates me as well, really, is when you you know, you move to a different zone, you move to a new big job that's going on and, and you find it really interesting because you are learning. Yeah. You know, and that's what, that's what motivates me as a person. Yeah. Aaron, thanks very much indeed for your time. It's Thank been you. great talking to you. Yeah, yeah. definitely. And as we said to the others, thanks very much for showing us around today. So we're now joined with Alex, who's from the avionics department here in uh, Cardiff. Welcome, Alex. Thanks. Thanks for having me. No, well, it's a pleasure. So tell us about avionics, because to me, when I think avionics, and it really surprised me today, I just thought it's all computers from the aircraft, but it just goes more than that. It's toilets, it's um, the brew pots, ovens. Yeah, it's a huge cross-section of work. So we've got an abundance of different part numbers. We've got about 300 different part numbers that we work from, as you said, from bev makers to flight data recorders to weather radars. There's a huge cross-section. And like when we went around on the tour earlier and you see in the video, we uh, went through all the test equipment lab and the various calibration test equipment that we do. So there's a huge cross-section of work for a lot of people, very, from very technical pieces of equipment to very simplistic pieces of equipment. And seeing a, and seeing a, a part of a toilet which was dismantled, it, there's so many parts just for a lavatory yeah. on an aircraft, you, you, which again, you just don't see. Yeah, it's just, it breaks down into 40 to 50 different parts. Huge, huge uh, uh, rebuild, it takes eight to 10 hours to rebuild a toilet assembly. You so must be good at DIY at home. Well. <laughs> <laughs> or an IKEA flat pack. That's that's said, yeah. The team not, certainly are. Not much so avionics in there. Yeah, How many team members do you have in avionics? So in avionics, we've got a team of about 100 people. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So from a support team of about 15 to 20 people and then 80, 80 production workers okay. then. Oh, shop, yeah. so. You mentioned flight data recorders, which yeah. to most people who watch films like Airport and Airplane is the black box. Yeah. Um, what do you, and they're not, of course, black, are they? No, they're orange. Yeah. So, um, uh, what do you do with them here? So we, we obviously when they fail, they come in for repair. So uh, we take all the information off them. We've got all the data about the flights and things like that. So it's uh, a vital piece of equipment. There's a rigorous testing program that goes on them. They go on through about an eight hour testing program. Yeah. So the guys who work those products go through quite a, a training regime to be able to meet the standard to work those obviously vitally important pieces of equipment. So yeah. And does that, is, does that include the cockpit voice recorder? Yeah. yeah. Okay, can I see the tapes of a flight I did? Um... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were going to show you those later. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> now, on the tour, you are showing us around your vast workshop. Yeah. You're saying that, is it two lorries load a day come from so, London? Yeah, so, so the, we, we repair 70,000 units of work a year. So as I get a variety of different parts, but yeah, the lorries come down from London on a daily basis and uh, we repair those products. And we've got to, we work to around about a seven to 10 day turnaround time on those products. And then what people are thinking is that, oh, BA British Airways have got an engineering base obviously in Cardiff, but obviously there's a, hangers at Heathrow, at Gatwick. Yeah. What's the difference? So what's, they'll do the, so the, the, the maintenance of the aircraft and we do the casualty repair work. 
So it's unplanned. So anything that we see is unplanned removals. So anything that's failed on the aircraft, so that the captain picks up or the cabin crew pick up, that, that's the that's the products that we get in and we repair. Excellent. Now, Alex, you started. You're in avionics, which of course was not on this site until very yeah. recently. Yeah. Uh, have you found the move, and have you found the the the, the sharing the the workspace with the other departments. So it's, you know, it was a challenging move. It was a big process to move yeah. a facility of that size. Um, but uh, since we've moved in, it's gone really well. And uh, I think the future of it is going to be really beneficial. The synergies that we're going to get working with the other, biz other businesses in South Wales, we're all now under one roof. Yeah. Um, example of that is the apprentice programme that we've just set up. So the apprentice programme that we've got now, we've got 15 apprentices that we've just taken on. So they will get to experience the three different sites through their three-year process and their three-year cycle. So rather than just experiencing one section, they'll get to dip their fingers on various different locations. So it'll be really beneficial for them and beneficial for us as well to get those guys with that much experience. The flexibility will be great. So because we were under one roof, Sarah Jane was saying earlier that they had an issue with like the USB ports on one of the short aircraft. Yeah. And instead of kind of sending it off, you kind of just walked in and said, oh, I can sort that out. It was as easy as that. No. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we, we, we had a discussion with Sarah and, uh, and Sarah's team and said, look, we'll look at the options of repairing them. Because obviously high cost, high failure rate, they were causing problems on the aircraft where they weren't able to sell seats. So it was, it was a problem which we needed to sort and address quite quickly. So we took them in, assessed them, our engineering department and our technicians worked together to build test equipment and to get a repair scheme in place for them. So it was generated a lot of efficiency, the truth. Yeah, and that goes back to us working in the same location. It's so beneficial for us all. And also, we... It sounds weird that I'm going to say it like we're saving money, but not in a bad way. It's like you were saying that when we were showing you the toilet, for like some, the, the fittings, some could be £1,300, but yeah. now we can do, make them here on site and it's yeah. costing £400. Yeah, so the faucets, we were, they were expendable parts, so they were throwaway parts. So again, our intake team worked with the engineers and then said, right, let's look at what we can do with them. And now we can repair those and break them down, look at the faults and get them back to aircraft. Again, environmentally beneficial as well as a cost saving, yeah. so it's good. One of the bits I found absolutely fascinating looking at your workspace and your workshop is all the calibration equipment and how accurate yeah. and sensitive it all is. Yeah. So when you brought it all over from the previous facility, yeah. did you have to recalibrate everything? Yeah, a lot of it had to be recalibrated and a lot of the test equipment that was on the workshop had to be recalibrated by those guys as well. So wow. there was a huge plan and operation to get that over the line and get that done. We had teams externally come in to calibrate their specific pieces of equipment yep. for us to be able to use them again. So yeah, it's been a, a challenge. But like we said with the example of the measuring tape, you've got to get a calibrated piece of measuring That's tape right. to, to calibrate to your calibrate measuring, the tape. measuring so, tape. Then what calibrates that bit of measuring tape? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> it <could go> on <laughs> <laughs> no, it was absolutely fascinating. And it just, it was so eye-opening to see yeah. how much goes behind. Yeah, I didn't realize that it was, yeah. you know, as I said on the, the introduction yeah. from Obviously, the defibrillators on the aircraft, yeah. you, you check those out. Yeah. All, all down to the brew makers and Julian's yeah. cappuccino machine from the front yeah. gully. Absolutely, very important there. It is. It's most important to fly with them. <laughs> but it also drove home to me when, 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 a, when a pilot, when a flight crew makes an entry in the tech log about a, a piece of equipment which might have been working, it's sort of it's creating a picture now of what happens after that entry is yeah. made. You know, the engineers at London will come and look at it and they may send it over to you here. Yeah, it gives you the whole cycle of yeah. what it, it goes does. through and the process that it goes through. And it's, yeah. uh, it's, it takes a lot of work to keep an aircraft flighting. Yeah, absolutely, and, uh, yeah. absolutely fascinating. The, a lot of people don't see the nooks and crannies and the little bits and bobs. Going back to the apprentices the other day, when we brought them around with their families to see 
what was, what was done, they were amazed. So, yeah. and is there a time limit? For instance, if a, a steam oven has got to be fixed, have you, is it like we need to get this back within twenty four hours? Or yeah, so we've got a, so we'll have um, an ADD report, so an ADD vital report in the mornings that we have from London. When we work with the engineers in London, we'll work with them on a daily basis to try and get back the products that they need. We normally work on average around about a seven to ten day turnaround time. So that's our approach, and that's our. That's our turnaround time for the work that we do. So, yeah, but often there's a, and especially at this time of year, there's a, a few requests and demands. And uh, can there's you help us out, please? In there. There's yeah. a lot of ovens in there today. Yeah, you know, we're seeing at the moment probably about 20 plus ovens a week come in through the door. And that interesting pay. thing you said about the wine chillers. Yeah. Because they're more, they can't cope with the heat in the UK. But when we're in Dubai, Dubai, <laughs> yeah, you can cope with heat. Yeah, it's an, un it's an unknown issue. We, we can we can find a, the British summer always creates more work for us with the chillers. Well, we have so. the wrong type of leaves on the railroad, so we, we probably get the wrong type of heat <laughs> yeah. or something. Yeah. But, um, no doubt. What's good about this podcast, um, from a customer point of view, because I work at Heathrow, is um, sometimes we get a delay and a delay and a delay due engineering, and then it goes technical. But what's good about this podcast is to show customers that yeah they're going on an aeroplane but just how intricate and how so many problems can happen yeah. on an aircraft like I said the, so many things that yeah the aircraft's gone technical because it's more than just this thing that's taking you on holiday it's just a mindful you know of of things and it's, yeah. it's well and it's testament to the precedent yeah. of you guys that they don't break don't, off, exactly frankly. I mean they are so reliable yeah. yeah it takes a huge amount of training and the guys are continually training train on different products, new products, building their knowledge, building their yeah. understanding. So yeah, it's, uh, it's so much wiring, because when we saw it today, oh my God, when definitely. all the interiors, and it's so much wiring, and I learned the wiring, you might know this, I'm gonna blow your mind now, <laughs> but what, you probably tell you it's wrong anyway, the, the wiring on a A380, if unstretched, can stretch from London to Edinburgh. No way. That's 320 miles. And Thank I take you. your word for that. Alex, you're welcome. <laughs> well, they're fly-by-wire aeroplanes now, of course. That's the reason. Yeah, there we are. You got that info from a cracker. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't get out much. I need to find a hobby. That's I think you do. I know. I know. Alex, thanks very much indeed for your time. Yeah, no worries. Yeah, Thank you. Really thanks for coming down and having a look. Oh, oh, good. Good. Yeah. Thanks for talking so, to us. Yeah, no worries. Thank you. Thank you. So we're now joined by Jan, who's from Interiors. Um, welcome, Jan. Uh, thanks for having me. Your pleasure. How thanks are you? Your pleasure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So tell us about um, what you do. Um, I'm production team leader for uh, Interiors. I've uh, been doing that now for 18 years. I'm currently with British Airways for 27th year this year. Wow, so, beats me. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so Not we me. currently refurbish um, basically everything you see behind us in the aircraft. Triple sevens, seven eight sevens, and the uh, small bodied aircraft as well. Um, which is everything from seating to toilets, um, overhead lockers, carpets, as yeah. uh, so we do a lot of the carpets. And am I right, this is the first time, um, obviously our club suite was launched back in 2019, but this is the first time here at the base that obviously some of the seats are coming off the aircraft that we've got in. It's yeah. the first time you're seeing them. Yeah, um, it was actually an exciting time because last week um, we had our new apprentices come around, uh, 16, uh, 15 apprentices with their families. Yeah. and. We've got everything set up, ready for our new, uh, the, the new suite to come in, which was starting on Monday. Unfortunately, it was a new Monday, because I was off shift, but yeah. seeing it today, it actually yeah. puts a smile on your face yeah. to say, I'm part of that refurbishment team, yeah. and for that to go back onto the aircraft and then customers sitting in it is really exciting. So when you say refurbished, what do you do? What's involved in the refurbishment of? 
Um, so when um, the aircraft comes into Bamsi, yeah. uh, everything gets stripped out. So seat in, so I'll go from seat in then. Yeah. So the seats get stripped out. We then take them into our facility, um, into B3, uh, clean the seats, um, strip the covers off, put all new covers on, and then basically refurbish the seat so it's looking like brand new. Yeah, yeah. How often do you do that? Um, depending on what check the aircraft comes in on. So oh, okay. if I go to the D check, um, the aircraft's in for I think it's about 30 something days okay. and we can turn those, we can turn a full aircraft to seat in and toilets around around 7 to 10 days. Oh wow. And that's completely refurbished. Everything, the yes. seats, the, the overheads, everything. Yep. So obviously our, our World Traveller cabin is quite vast, quite a lot of seats. Yep. Taking the seats out, can they just go back anywhere back in there? Or no, they, no. no, they've got to go back in order that they come off. So each seat position will have a tag left on the seat telling us what seat position it is. Oh, wow. And then we work to that config. Because yeah. you had a great mural by your workshop of all the different seats yeah. through the year, starting with Concorde yeah. up to present day, obviously our new club suite. Yeah. You must have worked on all those different seats. Um, I'm sure my age know, but yes, <laughs> Concorde was the first ones we actually had in, in the, our old facility in Blackwood when we first started in 96, all the way through now to our first aircraft of Vector seats. So tell me about that, because this is the first time, even though I work at the airport, that I've heard of Vector and Blackbird. What is that? It's like code so, names, like Bond, isn't it? Isn't it? Isn't it? <laughs> yeah. but I, was like, I, I didn't want to see that. It's code mean. names for just all the seating types. Yeah. Um, obviously, we, we would understand what yeah. they mean back here, but everyone else doesn't understand. So the, I think the Blackbird is the new first class seat where we've uh, densified the aircraft down to seven. So and that's with the new slidey door. They, um, well that's on first. the Vector as well. Okay. So the Vector. So that's yeah. the, the Vector is the club suite, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. What we know is the club yeah. suite. And that's what it's yeah. called. I never knew that. Yeah. And I've, oh, I've sat in it as well. Yeah. I, I was quite impressed by the, the huge carpet cutting machine you've got. I mean, do you actually fit the carpets from scratch? You, if you get a new carpet or a worn carpet, is that you get involved with that as well? Yeah. So again, depending on what check it is, um, we could complete cut, uh, cut the complete aircraft. Wow. So we can cut an aircraft and overlock it in three days. And then it gets fitted then um, by the guys in Bamsey. And it's a new carpet put on, it's not the brand old carpet new. you no. took off, no, it's brand, brand new. new. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so good the way you said, you know, you cut it and then we take it over to Bamsey. In the old days, it'd be like quite a thing, but now you're all together. Yeah. It's just handy, it's like boom, 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 just yeah. pass it on. Yeah, it's a lot more teamwork done, you yeah, know, which is definitely. really good. So the three sites coming together has helped. Yeah. It's helped, more, it's helped everyone feel together yeah, as well yeah. for being. What are the linkages for, for you in, uh, in interiors? What, how, does it, how do you link in with, with the old Bamsey and, and the Navionics? What are the sort of things you get involved in each day? Um, I've been quite lucky over the years. Um, I helped with the project Move, all the way down uh, from us in Blackwood through here, um, which included Bamsey and Avionics uh, teams as well. So that was good. And we used to have a, called it an on-wing team. Uh, we would come down and support Bamsey back in the days. And yeah, we used to do that. So I'm a wing walkers, long wing team. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Old biplanes coming in with, uh, with members of the interior sitting on top. Fantastic. There's every um, seat from different aircraft. So obviously you've got the 787s, you've got the 350s. Does each seat bring a different challenge or is it all kind of generic? Uh, a different challenge, yeah. You could have, you could have a, what we call it, a ship set of seats, we call them. Uh, they can come in and there's not much to change on them, uh, but you can get one which has been like with COVID, yeah. uh, with, yeah. with the aircraft, with uh, obviously on ground. By the time they've come back over the years yeah. so far, um, they take a, a little bit more, uh, a little bit more work, a bit more magic done to them. 
Joe, obviously we're really busy now. What was it like here during, obviously, 2020 pandemic? Was you still busy or did everything...? Um, we were busy because we still had, we still had to upkeep the aircraft. Um, not as busy as what we uh, wanted to be, um, but we managed. Yeah. Superb. Well, Jan, thanks very much indeed for, for being with hey, us today. And uh, thanks for showing us around yeah, the, the interior department. I really enjoyed well. it. Thank you. Yeah. Well, we've had a super day here on our special edition podcast at British Airways Engineering Wales. It's been superb. And I'd love to thank all the people who have been involved today and showed us around. Don't forget, we have a chat room on the one site. So if you want to ask us any questions or post us any comments, or if you'd like to see some content which we haven't covered yet, please do get in touch on that. So thanks very much for listening and possibly watching, and we'll look forward to seeing you on our next episode. Thank thanks you. A lot. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Bye. Bye bye.